Hey folks, this is Audacity and Love and Life, and I am your host, Sean Matos. Uh, today I'm going to talk about uh, a few things, like I always do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about the book, The Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell, and I was thinking about it today. Like I said, my mind goes through, you know, a lot of things, and and um, <clears throat> and how it's connected to the six degrees of separation and I'm going to talk about that bartender that I wanted to ask out because that is involved and this is how weird the world is. Um, and also, but well, I first want to talk about this. Harry Potter store is open in New York. Somebody told me it wasn't open yet, you know, until June that they were open and they closed down for COVID or whatever the case may be. So they, all, they were obviously talking out of their ass and I'm thinking they're not open until June and they're open now. And it's, you know, an awesome experience. But I will say this. Um, the parking in that area cost a lot of money because the Empire State Building is there. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things there. Um, and you're talking at the very least like forty five dollars an hour just to park your car. And 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 the way the Harry Potter store works is that you have to scan a QR code and kind of put yourself like on a wait list and then um, go find something to do for like an hour. And then they they queue you on you coming and waiting in line to go inside. Um, so your first hour is spending 45, 65, 75, $90. Some of them are hunting, you know, $90 to park for, for the hour, an hour, you know, in that area. And they know they can get it because, you know, people will pay. They travel there. Um, so, oh, excuse me. I burped a little. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, if you do go, um, I would suggest parking elsewhere and taking a taxi in that area and just being dropped off, you know, um, if you're going to drive your car into the city. If not, then leave it over in Jersey and, and take a train or something over or take the train all the way from where you live directly, you know. But um, it, it is a an awesome experience from what I've been told. And I've been wanting to go for a while. And I think I'm just going to go alone because at the end of the day, um, I want to be able to enjoy it and, you know, I, I just don't want to deal with people and their personalities and their, you know, whatever stuck up their ass that day that they decide they don't want to go or they don't want to stay or whatever, you know. And a lot of people don't like to go into the city and I have no problem with it. And I will go alone. I don't care, you know. It makes it more fun for me as far as taking my time and enjoying it. I would like to share the experience with somebody you know, that I'm in a relationship with, you know, that likes it too, or, you know, a really good friend that likes it too. So I don't know if I get somebody that likes it too, I will go. But a lot of people don't like Harry Potter anymore. Um, and you know, I'm not into it as much as I was years ago when they first came out, you know, but I still, you know, I'm into it. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it, it, it is a nightmare area because I think it's on it says it's on Broadway, but literally the entrance is on, like, I think 5th and 22nd Street, you know, um, so, um, and the way they have it set up, and the way that there are a lot of people that are interested in it, um, I don't think so as much in this area, but, you know, the best, you know, especially in the city, and people from all over the world come to New York and everything, and, you know, they're gonna want to check the Harry Potter store out and stuff, so... Um, you know, if anybody's interested, it is open. It's free to get in. It's just you're going to park 
and spend a lot of money. So I would suggest um, at the very least parking elsewhere far away from everything and taking a taxi downtown. Like I typically park on the Upper West Side and I, I just run a taxi downtown uh, to do everything. So this way um, parking's, uh, you know, prettier. It's easier up uptown, you know, um, and the West Side is easier than the East Side, obviously. Um, and it's closer to Jersey, so you can just cross over the bridge or whatever. But um, it all depends on, you know, what you want to do. Um, so anyways, I was thinking about this book. It's called The Tipping Point. And it's from Malcolm Gladwell. Now, just be patient with me because this is a long time since I read the book. And my memory is shit. So, <clears throat> and when you're not feeling good, it's even worse, you know. And that's why, like my other past co- podcasts, I'm like, um, you know. I mean, I hate that when I do that. But that That's my, you know, my, my head is in a fog, you know. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm not talking um, as, as, as well as I usually do or whatever. Like somebody who's half-educated, <laughs> you know. So, but anyway, the tipping point. And is a book from Malcolm Gladwell and it was published back in like 2000 and we had to do a college paper on this book. We had to read it and then do a, uh, you know, it's a psychology sociological, uh, book, you know, so we had to do a paper on it. And, um, he defines the tipping point as like, a. A moment of like critical mass. It's like a boiling point. It's it's a threshold basically, and and he explains it as like this mysterious sociological change that marks everyday life. What is going on here? Somebody's emailing me something. Uh, okay, and that ideas, products, and messages and behaviors they kind of like spread like fire viruses. Um, and, and that, um, or let me think, uh, boy, he has three, he has three rules of the epidemic is what he calls it. Um, social epidemic kind of a thing. So the law of the few is the success of any kind of like social epidemic and it's in, it's dependent on how many people are involved with a particular set of rare gifts, basically social gifts. Um, and that there's a, he goes with this. Uh, <laughs> according to him, he goes with this eighty uh, twenty principle, which is what economists kind of use. And that is the idea that any situation, roughly 80% of the work will be done by 20% of the people. And the people that he describes is this. He describes people as connectors. And they're the people in a community who know a large amount of people who are in the habit of making introductions. And they're usually the equivalent to like a computer network, you know. Um, they know people like from all kinds of social, professional, economic, and cultural, you know, circles and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and that, and they, they live and work in different circles, these people. So that's how they link 
us up to the world, bringing the world and people together, basically. So those are the type of people. They're connectors. They make friends, acquaintances, whatever. Um, and they're like a social network. So then they have what they call mavens, which is like the people that are they're full of information, you know. And they connect with people and they kind of like get new information and accumulate, they accumulate knowledge and it's kind of like a marketplace of information, you know, and, and they also are people that like want to solve problems, their own and other people's problems, you know, and, um, and they have like a word of mouth kind of thing because of their social skills, because of their ability to communicate. So they're kind of like uh, information brokers. And then they have people that are salesmen, and they're the type of people that persuade people. So they're charismatic people. They have really good negotiation skills. Uh, kind of like, uh, what do you call it? Businessmen. They have persuasive type of ways to deal with people and, and bring them together and, you know, sell things to them or whatever the case may be. Um, so basically the law of the few is a dynamic of all these people, you know, and like with the connectors, there's like, uh, six, you know, six degrees of separations is part of that connector group, you know, so that we are all like connected to each other um, by six degrees or five degrees of separation between us, friends, families, acquaintances, you know, um, and that we're all connected. And that happened because of the six degrees of that Kevin Bacon trivia game or whatever. But quite frankly, it's true that we are all connected. Um, and, you know, it's hard to think of... Uh, I'm, my head is up my ass so far, it's not even funny. So, anyway, so I was thinking about that and today and that book and, you know, the whole sociological, psychological connections that we have with people and how that all um, comes into play with with others. And, and I was thinking about the six degrees of separation and stuff and... and um, and, you know, if anybody knows that, it's, you know, basically um, the theory that every person in the world is connected to every other person in the world by a chain of family members, friends, or acquaintances that number no more than five or six people, basically. And let me see. I'm trying to think how I can say this. Anyway, so we're all connected, basically. <laughs> in some way or another, we're all connected. And it, it's kind of weird because when I was in Florida, I met up with somebody. Um, I was on a vacation um, after I won uh, my lawsuit, and I brought one of my best friends that I hadn't seen in years, actually. And he helped me out through a hard time. And so... I gave him money and I helped him out through a hard time. And I told him, you want to come on vacation with me? I want to go down to Florida. I rented a condo, two-bedroom condo in uh, Fort Lauderdale, right on the beach. 
and he brought his dog down, and I brought my dog down and everything. And, uh, you know, I went out about on my own sometimes because he wanted to stay, you know, and do drugs like fucking, uh, what do you call it, <laughs> muscle relaxers. <laughs> so, you know, he was he was like not wanting to do much, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is okay with me because I'll go do my own fucking thing. I don't care, you know. And, and I did, and I met some girl, and it ended up that we, we, we kind of like, uh, were drawn to each other when we were talking and stuff, and, and it ended up that she's kind of like, related to me in a six degrees separation kind of a thing, and, and, and it was kind of weird, you know, um, it may be weak ties that we have with our acquaintances or whatever in different social circles and community and stuff like that. But it's, it's weird how you are really connected to other people in a way. And if you get to know each other or you talk to somebody else or whatever, they're going to say, wait a minute, uh, you know, do you know that you're like third cousins with this person or, or whatever, you know? So anyway, so, um, that bartender that I wanted to ask out, and her sister, her twin sister, their uncle, and this is the weirdness of the world and how small this world is, you know. Their uncle was married to my uncle's cousin, Dora. <laughs> I think, you know, I think they got a divorce or whatever. But it's just so weird how we're connected to people. And, you know, and sometimes we're even drawn to people because of this connection that we don't even know we have with each other, you know, and I, I, and I am a firm believer in past lives, I am a firm believer in, you know, um, soulmates and twin flames and all that kind of stuff, that, that there are people um, that come into our life that we've had a past life with, and, and there's karmic cycles that happen uh, between us, you know, and we don't have any idea about why things happen between us, um, but you know, in a past life, it might have happened, and, and uh, you know, one person might have been the bad guy, the other one was a good guy, or, you know, vice versa, and, and there's whole, this whole karmic cycle that has to end between you, um, and, and also twin flames always doesn't mean that you're going to recognize each other uh, when you first encounter each other, like, I believe that sometimes twin flames encounter each other, and it, it like, it isn't the right time, you know, uh, the right circumstances or whatever, and uh, or one is in tune with, um, you know, the whole twin flame thing, and the other one isn't in tune yet because they haven't learned their lesson, they haven't gone through the things that they have to go through in order to get in tune, um, in order to recognize uh, their twin flame or their soulmate or whatever, you know, that they have to finish this relationship with this person that they were with. Or they have to, um, you know, um, maybe maybe sink to a really bad level in their life and pull themselves up by themselves um, and, and growth, go through some stuff, you know, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever, you know, relationship-wise with somebody else that needs to run, run its course um, before they can open their eyes to somebody that's been standing in front of them that's their, their twin flame or soulmate, but they don't, they're not there yet, you know, and sometimes we miss that opportunity totally, you know, from that, and, and that we literally pass through life and, and meet people that, um, are related to us, and we don't even know it in some sense or another through DNA or whatever, 
you know, and, um, and even like, I remember, like, not seeing my uncle for, for years, and then I went down to Florida, and, like, I fucking bump into him, because <laughs> he's down there at the same time, you know, and, and you know, it's, Florida's a big fucking state to run into somebody, and, you know, um, so, it, and it's not normally an area where you would think you would run into somebody, because usually most people go to the east coast of Florida, and I, I was on the west coast of Florida, so, you know, you just never know how you're connected to people. And you never know that you could have very well met your soulmate or twin flame or whatever you want to call it, the person, your life partner and stuff, um, and 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 either walked right past them and, you know, didn't recognize them or didn't meet them already and things didn't work out between you because it wasn't the right timing or one person didn't recognize, you know, my twin, you know, like, I, I know my twin flame is, I, I know that already, but if they don't know that I'm their twin flame or soulmate, it, it doesn't work, you know what I mean? So, and, and it may never work, like, people may never, you know, come to um, grips or, or get to that level where they start to open their eyes as to who their twin flame is, and like that, um, that song from uh, James Blunt, um, Beautiful. You know, it really is saying, you know, that, you know, that's like a song, like you, you kind of encounter people and, um, and, and you, you know, you kind of feel like this is this person that, you know, maybe I was meant to meet or whatever. And, but it wasn't the right time. And I'm just, I'm going to go home and they're going to go home. And we just had that moment. You know what I mean? So, um, and believe me, like the relationships that I had, um, I feel every last relationship was met, you know, and everything that I've gone through, you know, with the lawsuits, with, with everything is, is meant for me to go through, is meant to put me, um, in, in a different place in my life and change me and everything like that. And it has, everything has. And, and, and I choose to, there was the longest time that I choose to focus on the negatives of things that happened to me, the negative things that happened to me. And, you know, these past couple years, and then I think the biggest thing was when my mom passed away. Um, it made me realize that, you know, first of all, life is short. And everything that happened in her life stopped that day. And everything that she accumulated, every, all the experiences stopped that day. And that, um, you, you, you know, you have the life here and now. And, and the things that you went through obviously make you the person that you are. And, and we change from everything that we make through, go through, everything that every relationship we go through, good or bad, um, every situation we go through, good or bad, um, changes us. And we can look at the negative part of it. And I did for the longest time. I was really in a slump for the longest time at looking at all the negatives and concentrating on all the negatives that happened to me instead of looking at the positives of what happened. You know that I won my lawsuits. That I I realized that I'm stronger than I thought I was. That that I am an absolutely fantastic investigator, and that I've helped so many other people with my gifts or the things that I had to learn because of all bad the things that I had to go through. You know, and that um, that you know those are all good things that came out of bad situations. Bad, bad relationships, bad situations, the lawsuits, everything. You know, I turned them into good things. And not only did I turn them into good things, but I also helped people 
with problems that, you know, were similar to mine or whatever, or because I became so strong as a person in dealing with things on my own, then I have the strength to help people out with their problems, you know? And, um, and that, you know, we all bump into each other in life and you have no idea who that other person is. They could very well be, um, somebody that you end up with later down the road. And I'll tell you the story. Uh, the bar that I worked in, this guy is married too, and just had a baby a few weeks ago, um, that I met with his, his wife, but they knew each other since fourth fucking grade and they were in the same class and he showed me a picture of them together in fourth grade and yet they went on with their lives and then at some point they bumped into each other and started talking and recognized each other from oh my god you went to school with me you were in this class blah 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 and here they're married and have a fucking kid (laughs) you know and who would have known you know that 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 at that time when they were in fourth grade that they would ever even have a life together, you know, and it's just so weird how how life is, you know, same thing with like that Peruvian girl like I never I never noticed her at all. The, all the times that she tried, when she told me she tried to get my attention, she came out into the lobby pretending to read a book, you know, even got on the elevator with me a couple times to go in her apartment, and I never even noticed her. And then when I crossed the road on West End Avenue, and, and she was crossing the other way, and we looked at each other, and then I turned back and looked at her, and she turned back and looked at me. And, you know, it was like... Uh, like a serendipitous encounter or whatever, you know, it was, it it was surreal, you know, and, you know, even though things didn't work out, um, obviously it was meant to work out at least for a little bit, for whatever reason, for me to learn a lesson, for her to learn a lesson, for whatever, you know, and, um, I was listening to, um, I don't know if it was on Think Media or, or, uh, geez, Anyway, I listen to different things. Mostly I watch YouTube stuff and listen to different things. And, some, you know, I listen to some podcasts um, also. But they were talking about Twin Flames. And I know, I know I'm forgetting this famous guy that talks, you know, he's like a motivator, psychologist, sociologist uh, person. And he was talking about how he met his Twin flame. And that she didn't, she didn't feel he was her twin flame. As a matter of fact, she didn't even go, give a fuck about him. <laughs> Basically, blew him fuck off, <laughs> you know. And and um and then years later, many years later, she finally recognized him as a twin flame. Um, when all along he felt she was his twin tim, twin flame, and or soulmate, whatever you want to call it. Um. And the, and the woman was uh, talking about how, um, you know, sometimes people who recognize their twin flame are pretty much at the end of uh, their learning lessons in life, basically. That they've learned all the lessons they need to open their mind and open their heart to recognize certain people as their twin flame. And then the other person may not be there yet. And, and that's where they missed the mark that soulmates and twin flames cannot hook up 
And so both of them are in the same place in the same time. Not only in physical sense, but in a psychological, emotional sense, you know. Um, in order to them for them to recognize each other, you know. So it's just like this, you know, this special powers of connectedness that we have, you know. And, and everything that comes together in, in life. And that we are all connected with each other in some way or another. You know, um, even my DNA does not even say, like, I'm Puerto Rican and Italian. I've got 900, I'm a Heinz 57, man. I got a lot of stuff in me, you know. Um, and, and God knows, I, I, God knows how many French people I met that were my relatives or German or Swedish or, you know, Middle Eastern um, we used to hang out with these Middle Eastern friends of ours from Saudi Arabia and everything. It used to, when the college used to have their aircraft uh, school, aircraft maintenance and all that, um, you know, they would be paid, Saudi Arabia would pay for their people to be sent here, set them up in apartments and buy them cars and give them money to go to school here, you know, and be trained as pilots and aircraft maintenance and all that at, come, at the college right here, you know. Um, many, many years ago. Um, and we had a lot of uh, Middle Eastern friends, and God knows we could have been related to them and didn't even know it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, uh, I, I know that Ashkenazi Jews, like, I found out through my DNA that, you know, Ashkenazi Jews were probably the biggest populations of Jews around World War II when Hitler um, did the whole genocide thing and the Holocaust, you know? And they were, I forget how much the percentage was, but it was probably in, an, I, I guess, like 90% Ashkenazi Jews. And they were wiped out to 3% or something left, you know, of Ashkenazi Jews after the Holocaust. And so I am connected to people that died in the Holocaust, you know. And and this is how... Um, how how weird the world is, <laughs> you know, that you can literally connect with people or be connected to people and not even know it and, and meet like this fourth grade situation. These kids went to school together, you know, never even a million years would you imagine that they would meet up many years later and be married and have a child and, you know, and shit, they were meant to be. And But it wasn't, you know, obviously, if they dated when they were in fourth grade, they probably wouldn't have worked out or whatever or even recognized each other at that time because they were so young. But they had to go through whatever it is they had to go through to realize that they were meant to be together, and, and it happened and, and with such ease, you know. So at the end of the day, it's just like I was just thinking of, uh, you know, the sociological, psychological aspect of that, and then I was like, the six degrees of separation and you know all this and and then you know my cousin told me that um these twins are you know her her father's aunt you know uh what do you call it her father's cousin was married to their uncle and shit and i'm like no are you kidding me and that's so fucking weird you know so yeah it's weird and and we can you know we can possibly be drawn to people because of the connectedness we have with each other that we don't even know we have, you know, um, or the past lives things or whatever, you know, it, it could be, you know. 
So I thought it was just weird, and I, I, I just wanted to put it out there. So, But in, in the end, you know, like, if you ever want to read a good book, read The Tipping Point. It's it's such a good book if you're into the uh, psychological, sociological aspects of, uh, you know, of how everything is connected and, and how we, um, as people, connect with each other and our ideas and our behaviors and, and you know... Uh, even the products we sell and stuff in, in this world and stuff, it's a whole, like, uh, social epidemic type of situation, you know? Um, and, and it shows just how small the world is, basically. That is, it can be, we, ha- we have millions and millions of people across, you know, continents, and yet we are connected, <laughs> you know, um, and intertwined with each other, you know? Um, which makes it even more, um, gives it more reasoning to why we should really be more caring about each other and more understanding that, you know, even we have, we may have different skin, we may be from different cultures, whatever, but we are connected, you know, and, and, and that, uh, you know, the world would be a much better place if we realized that, <laughs> you know, um, that we treated each other, I don't know, you know, some people that are in family treat each other like shit, so I don't know if we should treat each other like family, but at least be more respectful for each other and our differences, because in the end, we are all blended together, and I think that, you know, if you go to New York City, and this is what I love about New York, is there's every culture, ethnic background, everybody is nothing but a mix of different people from all over the the world and yet they get to live together and and for the most part it's really like a simpatico situation you know um and everybody's open-minded and everybody's trying each other's food and and you know going to each other's cultural festivals and you know trying to learn each other's languages and and trying to be more educated about people, uh, you know, that are different from them, and, you know, and, and everything, and, and, um, and then it's possible that everybody can get along, even though we're from different worlds, man, it's just possible, you know, um, and, and that is proof, New York is poof, there is crime, you know, yes, there is, you know, and there is some racism, but these are small-minded people in a mix of most people that are open-minded, and, and, uh, you know, are, are really, acceptable to other people that are different from them because they're more educated too, you know, and that they've been exposed to people that are different from them. Uh, especially if you're born and raised in New York, you know, you were born and raised in that element where you have accepted everybody, you know? And, and, uh, so at the end of the day, it's just like, be mindful of the fact that we are all connected in one sense or in another, you know, whether it be through the six degrees of separation or the fact that we are meant to be with certain people that pass through our life and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it's not going to work out right now but it will work out later or whatever. Or, or sometimes you have to go through shit um, in order to get to that point where you are open-minded to somebody that is right there in front of you that's your soulmate or twin flame or whatever. you know. But you have to go through whatever it is you have to go through to realize that um and sometimes we miss the mark you know because that that twin flame past 
they they got tired of waiting and they moved on to somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you know, because there could very well be one soulmate, or there could be two or three soulmates for you, or twin flames for you. You know, but um, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, truly think about when you meet somebody in a grocery store or at a bar or whatever, um, and and you know that you might be connected to that person or you might be their twin flame or soulmate, you know, and you either are going to recognize that or you're going to miss the cue or, um, it's going to come later, you know, um, at the end of the day, that's life, you know? So, um, just be, always be kind to each other if you can. And, if somebody's an asshole to you, look, you have a free pass to be an asshole to somebody who's an asshole to you. I'm sorry. You know, you can give it as much as you can to not be an asshole, but at the end of the day, we're all human beings, and, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. I'm really heavy on standing up for yourself as a person and not letting people walk all over you or whatever, but, you know, you never know who you're dealing with. You know, you never know what they're going through, and you never know how they may be connected to you in some way or another, you know? So, anyway, read The Tipping Point, uh, watch the movie Six Degrees of Separation, um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, always educate yourself and open your mind and your heart and your eyes um, to, to everything that is in front of you. Um, and, and I think life would be so much easier for a lot of us if we were more open-minded and had our hearts open more and, and our eyes open more. And I'm definitely a person that doesn't really totally have my heart open for people uh, because of the things that I went through. But I think I'm a pretty decent human being for the things that I went through that I do try and be, uh, you know, decent to everybody unless they give me a reason not to and then I don't even I'm not a revengeful person or whatever it's just like you know I'll, I'll say my piece whether you like it or not you know and then I'll walk away and you know you can decide on whether or not you want to listen to what I have to say and look at yourself and say hmm I think Sean was right I think I was being an asshole that day or whatever or, or, or not and continue to be an asshole <laughs> and then one day hopefully you'll realize that you know it wasn't necessary for you to be an asshole or whatever, you know, and uh, and uh, we all have learning experiences we got to go through in life, you know, work, relationships, social situations, you know, jobs, whatever. We all have that shit that we have to go through, and hopefully we reach that that point where we realize, you know, everything. So, all right, I'm gonna go. But I, I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. Sorry about the brain hemorrhaging in the beginning, but, you know, I'm trying to think of, of things. And like I said, my head has been in a fog lately. I haven't been feeling well. I've been pushing through. I actually cleaned my house today, man. I'm, like, fucking proud of myself, and I washed my sheets. And I'll tell you, there ain't nothing better than sleeping in nice, clean sheets. I wash my sheets either every week or every two weeks, but I do clean them, like, you're supposed to, people make their beds, and that's not really what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to roll your bed sheets open and let your air, your bed get air. You know, uh, you have dead skin on there and everything, and they, you know, you do have little, whatever, body mites or whatever in there. So you want to um, roll your bed open, leave your bed open, let your bed get air. You know, if you want to make it because companies coming over and you want to show off your house, 
that's different. But, you know, I always make sure my bed is all the way open and exposed to the air and stuff like that. And, you know, I'll, I'll run my little vacuum cleaner on the bed just to vacuum over my bed or whatever in between washings and stuff like that to get any hair off, to get any body mites or whatever, you know, that I, my skin, dead skin that falls on the bed or whatever, you know, that all has to be cleaned off. And I spray down with the, what do you call it, the germ shit, you know, 99.9% germ spray or whatever, disinfect it. You know, and just let it air out, you know. But I, I, I tore the house apart, and I did laundry, and, you know, now my weekend's open to do whatever I want, which is probably uh, nothing. <laughs> because I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to feel like doing anything. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to play it out, you know. I want to go to New York, but right now I don't feel comfortable financially with spending my money until the flow is the way I want it to be. Um, cause it's going to be a lot of day. I'm talking, you know, it's going to be a $300 day easy, um, in New York for today. You know, it, I don't want to be budgeting myself when I go there cause I want to do whatever. If I want to stay there and get a hotel room, I want to, I want to be able to have money. So it might be a 500, $600 day. I don't know. You know, so I like to play that way. So, um, I don't want to restrict myself and I don't want to be stupid about my money right now. And so I get it to the flow that I want it, you know. And things are picking up, so I'm happy with that. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, see what happens, you know. And that's like, you know, uh, some people are busting my balls and about the relationship shit. And, you know, I'll be in a relationship when I know I'm ready financially. I don't want to be in a relationship that I don't feel comfortable financially being in a relationship. I'm used to, on my own, having a certain amount of money coming in to do the things that I want to do when I want to do them with whom I want to do them. So if I have somebody else in my life, then I have to also consider the fact that I may be paying for a lot of things extra for us to do the things uh, that we want to do together and everything. Because I would like an equal partnership where she'll take me out and I'll take her out, you know. But at the same time, um, I still want to have that, that flow. I don't, I don't get into relationships and I, I just don't, I, I, I feel very like I want to, my wholeness financially has to be there, you know? Um, and, and if she wants to do something, I, like I said, if, and she can't afford it, I, I want to do it. Let's do it and not have to worry about the money. I'll pay for it. I care. Let's go do it. Is this is what you want to do. Let's do it. You know? So at the end of the day, when it will happen, it will happen with whom it's supposed to happen to at the time it's supposed to happen. And, you know, I'm just really hoping that it happens when I feel more financially secure so that that is one issue that won't be an issue in our relationship. You know, just like people, they plan on having kids five years down the road and it's, oops, honey, my sperm kind of slipped into your egg and now we have a kid. And it wasn't really planned until you know, four more years, and now we have to buy a house, and now we have to do this, and it, you know, like, you can plan all you want, I know, shit happens when it's supposed to happen, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, I would rather, like, have my, uh, financial shit to the place that I want to, that I feel more comfortable about, you know, and then worry about relationships and stuff like that, and like I said, I already know who my twin flame is, and, uh, you know, 
It'll happen when it happens, if it happens. <laughs> or not, there'll be another twin flame that comes along. <laughs> you know, I think there's two or three of them out there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, to- I'm not tossing the fucking uh, coin on it yet. <laughs> you know, but, uh, and I'm not even prepared, you know, so it, things don't happen or don't work out with people for a reason, you know, so, um, uh, so, you know, you, you just got to chug along and, and whatever's meant to be is divine timing, you know, so, um, people can, uh, bust my balls all they want. <laughs> I don't care because I don't even have any balls. They're on the fucking, you know vibrator in that drawer that's still in the package <laughs> that I'm trying to fucking give away to people but I don't know maybe it's meant for me to keep it maybe that's why I can't even give it away it's brand it's like brand new never been used it's like maybe I'm supposed to hold on to that fucker I don't know but <laughs> Kelly's probably going Sean oh my god I can't believe you <laughs> oh man anyway so we're all connected remember that we are all connected in one way or another and if we're not we could be or we could be each other's twin flame or soulmate or, you know, best friend or, or whatever the case may be, you know, down the road, you know, or, or uh, you know, a marriage partner, you know. Like, I'm still, like, totally, I think it's the coolest thing that they, you know, they went to school together in fourth grade and here they're married with a kid. It's, like, so fucking awesome, you know. But anyway, I'm going to go. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good day and uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, bye. Thank <laughs> you.